Hey, this is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a podcast to help parents build kids who are going to build the kingdom of God. My name is Jay Holland, and I'm going to be bringing with me 20 plus years of student ministry, foster parenting, and parenting my own kids to try to help give you some tips, tricks, tools to help you thrive and not just survive these parenting years. Hey, thanks so much for joining today. This is part two of a little mini-series called A Dad's Thoughts on Dating. If you didn't hear part one, uh, you can check it out in the same library that you got this one from. It'll be the one that says A Dad's Thoughts on Dating Part 2. And I realize I have so many thoughts on dating that this is probably going to be part two of a three-part series. And then I'll probably come back to this over and over again over the course of time because it's just such important stuff. So if it's helpful to you, again, go back, listen to the other one, uh, share this with people that you also might think it's helpful for. So just start you with a little question here today. Have you ever noticed that nobody goes to long-term psychiatric therapy or counseling when they smash their thumb really bad with a hammer, or even when they break their leg in a car wreck or a skiing accident, um, people don't go to long-term therapy for that stuff, even though it's tremendously painful, and at the time, it can be traumatic. Uh, I remember smashing my thumb in a barn door. I think I mentioned this last time. I just must really be thinking about the the thumb a lot. Um, Smashing my thumb in a barn door, and it was some of the worst pain that I've ever had. comparable to just ripping and twisting my ankle. Um, I've not given birth. I bet that's a lot worse. But even with that, uh, people don't go to long-term therapy for uh, the terrible physical pain of giving birth. They might have to go to therapy for uh, parenting the kid, but not necessarily for giving birth to the kid. But think about that in the realms of uh, when somebody goes through something sexually. Uh, You will find oftentimes that it takes years and years for them to get past and get over. Uh, Even though uh, we're in a culture that likes to say that that sex is just a physical act, and it's just a physical act between two people, and as long as they're both okay with it, uh, they should be able to do whatever they want. But we know the truth. It's not just a physical act. We know that it's it's one of those things that uh, is deeply emotional and, and even spiritual. Um, And so we don't want to get into that kind of lie that it's just a physical act. Um, Given that, uh, when we talk about dating, we realize how physical relationships get in dating. Um, We want to really work hard to to have open, honest conversations with our kids. And we want them to understand how high the stakes are when you start getting physically involved with somebody. But, but we don't want to do it from a fear-mongering standpoint. Um, I think in, instead what we want to do is go back and become the authorities. The, the, the people of God should be the authorities on sex. Because remember, God's the one that created sex. The same God who created the white chocolate, or actually he created the taste buds, uh, the taste buds that let you deeply, fully experience the white chocolate raspberry truffle from the Cheesecake Factory, which, by the way, they're not a sponsor of, but I wouldn't be immune to them becoming the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, the same God that, that made the taste buds for you to experience that is the same one that invented the whole idea of sex, much less the ability to experience and enjoy it. Uh, so God is the authority on sex. And uh, because of that, the people of God should be the authority on sex. And you know what's wild about this? 
there is very few passages, there are very few passages in the Bible that I can think of that clearly just say that something is God's will for you. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is one of those passages, and it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual morality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one transgress his brother and wrong him in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger uh, of all th- in all these things, as we told you before and so solemnly warns us. God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. It says, therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So we see that God cares deeply about this subject, and God calls us to purity. He calls us to holiness, um, that we should walk in, uh, in holiness and purity. And I've mentioned this. I've actually done a whole podcast on this before, and you can go back and listen to it. But uh, why does he call us to purity? Purity itself isn't the goal. You see, God made us relational. He made us highly relational because he's relational. And uh, the ultimate goal isn't purity the ultimate goal is intimacy. And by intimacy, I mean the the joy of fully knowing somebody and fully being known without fear of rejection. And this is the case spiritually with God, uh, fully knowing Him and being fully known and not being afraid of rejection, not having anything um, mulling that, um, marring that relationship. And the same with people. We desire intimacy that we would not feel and be rejected by those in our lives. And purity is what paves the way for intimacy. Purity is what paves the way for intimacy. Um, and so what we want to tell our kids, uh, let's start with the men. Men, culture is lying to you. Uh, young men, culture is lying to you. Old men, culture is lying to you. Uh, the lie is that you need to develop your sexual skills. Um, but the truth is you need to develop, a, especially at a young age, when you don't have uh, a wife you need to develop your relational skills because sex is highly relational. It's not merely, and it's not even foremost physical. It's relational. The biggest sexual organ in the body is the brain. And so our men need to develop the relational skills. So what's the best place to develop the relational skills? Um, truthfully, it's it's in their household with their moms and with their sisters, um, and then in, in the safety of a church group with like-minded people where there are church sisters that they can be with. And ultimately, they might have interest in one of those and end up marrying one of those church sisters. But in the meantime, they get to practice the relational skills um, in the safety of, of a lot of different females. And then we need to remind our ladies that, that we they know that sex is relational. They know that when a physical relationship ends, they don't uh, just walk on with their life. They often feel insecure, uh, angry, and, and used. Why? Because, because it's not just physical. Um, sex is physical and relational. And because God created sex to be the glue in a relationship. And so that's the big thing. When you start um, messing around physically outside of the context of marriage, you're using this amazing glue that God has given to bond people together. And uh, you're gluing yourself to the wrong person. You're, you're 
you know, that that glue is awesome. When you're newly married and, and you have two people that are becoming one and uh, you have this titanic clash of wills of I've been myself and she's been herself and now we have to be one flesh. And when we get in an argument, we don't get to go to our own houses and we have shared bills and shared responsibilities and bad breath and snoring and uh, messed up hair and all of this stuff. Sex is an amazing glue to bond those people together. But what happens is people start to use that glue in their relationships, and uh, they spin their glue, and they're bonded to people that they should be wise against. They're, they're, they're bonding themselves to uh, people that red flags should be going all off. And so other people see it, and they don't see it. And a big reason why is because they get physically involved. And so ladies, they you need to remember that sex is relational. Um, and the culture of lies that we live in uh, that, that says that everybody's having sex, which is just not true. Um, and, and even statistically in their schools, it's, it's really the minority that it is. Sometimes it's the vocal minority, um, or that you can't live without sex. And, uh, again, not true. Uh, some people have lived their whole life and died and never had it, but nobody ever died from not having sex. Uh, another lie, sex is a natural part of a loving relationship. And, uh, that's really not true. Sex is a natural part of a married relationship. Uh, not a loving relationship, but a married relationship, um, and that sex is a, a natural part of growing up. Uh, that's just not true. Um, sex is a part of marriage. Um, and, and then finally, that sex makes, life, sex makes life better. Yeah, it does. When two people who are committed for the rest of their lives get to enjoy it together without fear of rejection. Now, before that, it doesn't make life better. It makes it complicated, uh, very, very complicated. So um, having said all of these things, uh, I, again, I have a lot of thoughts. So uh, I just want to focus on, on what I've said this time around. And then next time I'm going to walk through uh, answers on the question, how far is too far? So from today, uh, what, what do you get out of today? Uh, number one, just remember to be able to coach them in the, in the truth that people, when they get physically hurt, they... They don't go to therapy. They don't go to emotional therapy forever. But people do a lot of times when they get sexually hurt because sex is highly emotional and relational um, because sex is a glue that God has given people. And so when you use it in that terms and then you think about gluing something together and ripping it apart, there's always pieces that come with that. Uh, that, that the Bible has clearly stated that God's will for our life is our 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 holiness sexually. Because that holiness is purity, and purity is what indeed paves the way for intimacy for the best sex possible. God created it, and uh, we shouldn't be afraid of it. We should celebrate it. We should just walk a wise path on it. So that's plenty to talk about this week, and um, you can just wait around and wait around, and next week we will get to how far is too far. And uh, I, I don't really like that question, but that's the way the question is asked. So we're going to we're gonna start from there and, and get some wise principles in it. Um, but uh, pray for wisdom for your kids and start praying when they're little, um, and the Lord will do it, and the Lord will surround, surround you with people that will help speak wisdom into their lives. Uh, don't be terrified. We all get to walk through this. We all made various kinds of mistakes, and it turns out that God still loves us, heals us, redeems us, and uh, Jesus died uh, for even the greatest sexual sinner as well.
Okay, that's it for this week. Plenty to chew off since it's such a heavy subject. Um, that's a lot to process. So if you need to, go to our website, check it out, letsparentonpurpose.com. This is all in written form as well, and you can look at some of the past archives. Share it with people that you know it would be helpful. This has been a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. We would love to have you join us as a church family if you don't have one on the Treasure Coast. And uh, again, you can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. This is Jay Holland with Let's Parent on Purpose reminding you that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't get too upset if everything goes wrong because there's lots of chance for redemption and some of the best character things that happen, happen through failure. Have a great week. God bless you and we'll talk to you soon.